Hey, if you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. Hey, if you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. Who does it? Who does it? Who does it? Who does it? Hey, Chad. Who does it? Who does it? From the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here now, John and Lance. Right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. The 58th annual Hanover Company Touchdowner of the Year is this Wednesday, August 16th. Get your tickets today. It's honoring University of Houston Heisman, Heisman Trophy winner Andre Ware. So... All you Cougs out there, you want to represent, you want to go see Andre, you want to see that's a great dinner, and uh, proceeds go to build weight room facilities and student scholarships. Get your tickets today, touchdownclub.org, touchdownclub.org. Okay, so it's Wednesday, it's at the uh, Bayou City Event Center, it's a really nice event, it's a really, really nice event, so if you're looking for uh, something to do this Wednesday, you're a Coug, or you want to honor Andre Ware, get on over there. Get on over there. Good stuff. Um, 713-780-3776. Tank Dell had himself a day. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, apparently, the Texans were the only team. CJ was the only player that played last night because it seems like every segment they're blasting him and putting up graphics about his numbers from last night. He's, CJ, CJ Stroud is done, but we did find that we got a, a great pick in Tank Dell. So Tank Dell had five catches last night. A touchdown. Um, he also had he waved at Davis Mills. Apparently, Davis Mills threw the ball too too low for him. But here is Tank Dell. You got the one Dell where he's answering all the questions from Aaron. Yeah, it's broken down yeah. in a couple different oh, bites. Which one do you want? Well, okay, so let's let's hear from Tank about his night, but then let's also hear from Tank about his little play in which he was uh, telling Davis Mills that he sucks. <laughs> it's good, you know, just to go out here and show my coaches what I can do. You know, we didn't get to tackle them at um, camp or nothing like that. So right. just show them that, like, when it's time to play football, that I'll be available for you guys and try to do my best. So, now, le- okay, the ball was a little low for Tank yep. Dell, and Tank Dell looked like was asking him to just raise it up a little bit. I don't think Davis Mills sucks, John. Do you? Really want to say that when we're trying to deal Tank Dell? Oh, okay. trying to deal Davis Tank Mills? Dell didn't say that Davis Mills sucked. He just said, at least he motioned to throw the ball higher so I can that's, catch it on the move. That's all. Why are you trying yeah. to ruin the value of this quarterback on the open market? No, no, no. Well, I don't think NFL teams are listening to this show and determining whether or not they're going to get Davis Mills. What They're, they're going to give up a first-rounder for Davis Mills. I don't think well, that's... Well, I feel like that's you're asking for a lot e- either way, a first-rounder. Yeah. Right, right, right. But here's Tank Dell lying to the media about that play. First game, you motioned to Davis. Everybody was saying, hey, a little higher. Nah, they just just thought that. Okay, it was was good. Davis threw a great ball. He did not throw a great ball. He did not throw a great ball. And you did tell him, throw it higher. Okay. (laughs) Already, Tank? Already, you're lying? That's just teammate talk. That's good rookie. That's smart rookie stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. A veteran quarterback, you're going to – he's Aaron Aaron Wilson trying to say, huh, you said – no, 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 no. He threw a great ball. That's Next no, question. No, no, Aaron, that's teammate talk. We're on to Cincinnati. It, would Tank Dell get more respect in the locker room if he if he just said, nah, Davis sucks, man? No. He can't say he sucks. No, he wouldn't have. No, a rookie about somebody else who's played in the league now for a yeah. couple of years. No, I don't think he would have gotten more respect in the locker room well, for uh, as a rookie for throwing a quarterback under the bus. Well, would he have, okay, with the fan base, would he get a standing ovation? No. Okay, I just wondered. I'm just no. asking. I mean, not. I'm throwing hypotheticals. Right. We're not all. When like, did the drink stop last night? See, That's the question these are we have now. That need to be answered. John, the, the, the fan base isn't like us where we 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 pull we pick at things and find funny things out of almost anything you know most people are gonna be like come on rook you can't talk about you seen twitter come on rook you can't uh, talk about the quarterback like that you know that know. would be the response you think twitter's gonna defend davis mills i don't no, know but twitter would jump on tank a really bad look most people aren't our listeners aren't us who would like yeah tank's got a point john is not a serious person he, he, oh, that'll come later <laughs> I'm very serious about you this. You are not, not a today, serious not. person, John. <laughs> yes, I am. I love you, but you are not a serious person. That's not going to be part of the clip because that would be a lie. I know. The I love you part. But John's yeah. not a serious person. You hear it every day. I know. You I'm are a, not a serious You're you not serious people. And, John, you are You're certainly not, not serious a serious people, person. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. I am not in succession, okay? I'm not the weird son. What's his name that sends pics? Okay, that's not. You're me. all of them. Uh, You're not, part Shiv, part Kindle, part Roman. I'm not. No cousin I, Greg. I don't want any part of Roman. If you want to know the truth, you don't feel like you're Tom Wamsgams either. You're definitely that guy. You're definitely the Skarsgård. You got some smarmy Skarsgård in you. Um, I'm the guy cousin. that tried to take over the. Uh, the takeover from Sweden or whatever. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that guy. Yeah, I like no, you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it was. You know what? It was. Uh, the main thing is we got the win. I mean, this is what you wanted to see. CJ yeah. Stroud didn't play well, but the main thing was the Texans came out of there with the win. That's all that matters. It's. It's. You know, you go through some tough ones. Uh, it's a long season, and uh, you know we just want to win as many games as possible. And you can't win your last game if you don't win your first game, John. That's what they say. If you want to win a, a Super Bowl, they basically say you can't win the the last game if you don't win the first game. Well, technically are we, you can, but but you know you don't want to think like that. Are we changing the culture, Lance? Okay. Yes. So now we're winning games. Okay. Yes. Now, okay. Which would be better, lose the game or win the game? For win the, the game. Is it a bad thing that the two quarterbacks that came in after CJ played well? Yeah. And Case looked good. I mean, in Case's case, he's, you know, he's going to be solid. Yeah, they play against the the lesser, but come on. If, yeah. the, the the reality is that right now, Case Keenum and Davis Mills are probably more ready for a preseason game than C.J. Stroud is. C.J. just hasn't seen any of this stuff. He's going to – those guys, the butterflies aren't going to be the same for them. They know what <laughs> – Davis, more than anybody, knows what it's like to throw to receivers like this. So this is yeah. not going to be – you know, you got C.J. Stroud coming off of – uh, Ecubon or what is his name? The kid who's going to be the big receiver this year, along with with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. You've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, he's been throwing to first and second rounders, and you know now he's he's stepping down in the wide receiver versus cornerback battles. 
his side is probably going to be outgunned. Never did that happen in college. It was yeah. never there was never the case where Ohio State was outgunned at wide receiver versus corner. That just wasn't a thing. So it's probably for Davis Mills. He's like, oh yeah, no, this is great. This receiving core is the best I've had so far. <laughs> and, and 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 CJ's like, how y'all do this? How do you even move how y'all the ball? Do this? Wow, this is weird. Hey, this there's no one running line? wide open here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't expect it. This offensive line and this and and, and this these receivers. Well, the offensive line this? better be better than Austin Deculus at right tackle. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't think I would do that the next game. Uh. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to see how many guys you got, right? I mean, Deculus wouldn't be out there if you had to play if you had anybody healthy. Uh, I mean, just there was. It's just that's a mess. Talk about a mess. It's unbelievable how bad this offensive line, which was supposed to be something that you were looking forward to, and now you've lost two of your starters, and you know, and the other one's not playing. He's not going to play in preseason games, Laramie. So, yeah, it's 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 not good. Did you did you did you happen to check out how Juice played? Uh, no, I didn't. I wasn't really focused on that. You weren't so, focused. Okay. okay. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't. I will take a look at it probably sometime today. Yeah, see, just, uh, just, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but it sure would be nice if, you know, he was holding his own against guys. You know, and listen, it's, it's the Patriots. They didn't game plan for him. Thank goodness. Um, but they still, it's still the Patriots defensively, and the Patriots are always going to be a tough. But our, 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 our Texans win it, and now we're off to a great start. One and oh. Unbelievable. The Astros won the series against the Orioles. So the, that's all we yeah. do is win. That's all we do. We're a winning. We're a winning town. That's what we do. Although it wasn't all that great for when you look at some numbers in the Rockets. In uh, okay, in those, when we come back, it was world cause us to panic about free agent signings. Right. So let's uh, let's take a break. I'm going to talk right now about Champion Energy. I want to talk about uh, how it's unbelievably hot. You got to have the air conditioner on. How, how much are you paying every single month? Because I'm I'm paying less. I know that I am because I'm with Champion Energy and I've been with Champion Energy. And if you're looking for the best way to get that electricity to wherever you are, and listen, my buddy owns a, a bar and he switched over and he's like, holy cow. The savings, how much different it was just from one the first month that I got on with Champion Energy. It was so much less. It's unbelievable. And you're going to find that, too. You're going to, you're just going to pay less with Champion Energy, and you're going to get the best in service. So you're looking for the best way to get electricity to your house. Champion.energy slash 1560. Champion.energy slash 1560. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out for that football. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So, uh, apparently the U.S. played Germany last night. In, or, or Dylan Brooks is on Canada. He's uh, on the Canadian team? Yeah. Yeah, he's on He's on the Canadian team. Dylan and, Brooks. Yeah. Uh, and Dylan Brooks had three points, one rebound, five turnovers, six fouls. And the twelve percent true shooting percentage. Twelve percent true shooting. That's uh, really, really ugly. Now, it doesn't really matter, right? None of that matters. I think Dylan Brooks is going to be okay. Eighty million dollars. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be okay. I'll be honest. I don't know. I mean, 
four, a four year deal seemed crazy at the time. Twenty seemed high. Um, I, I to this day I can't believe they gave him a four year deal. And then you draft Cam Whitmore. You don't expect them to play quite like that in the post in the summer league. It's summer league, so whatever. But he did, and he looked good doing it. And uh, Tari Eason, you know, is Tari Eason. I just wonder if Dylan Brooks, I mean, I, I really, it would not surprise me by the second year of this if Dylan Brooks is a real non-factor in the rotation. Yeah, that uh, would shock me. Dylan Brooks is going to be part of the rotation, dude. Well, no, he is going to be part of the rotation for now. Is he in the future? Yeah. If he's a bad be. shooter? Um. Yeah, well, see, that's that's the the thing. I mean, it's not like they got a great, bunch of great shooters. I mean, I know. they're in, they didn't pick up a lot of great shooting. That's what they didn't do. But they did pick up guys who they feel like are going to be uh, change culture, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get tougher, and they're going to be tougher. They're going to be tougher defensively. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks does bring that. He brings a tenacity defensively. Doesn't not not great offensively. Not not great, but he brings a tenacity, and that's what this team needed. These what what these young guys needed was a guy who is going to come in here and make them all tougher and that's what dylan brooks will do john so, john you know what you should do when you're signing a free agent get a guy who can't shoot but doesn't act like he can't shoot <laughs> and loves to shoot but thinks he can shoot yeah mm-hmm. which is what they got with two guys actually he and fred van fleet two guys who don't shoot the ball well but that won't stop them from shooting the ball right and then give them as much money as you can yeah to outbid others who who you may not have been bidding against anyway, except for well, you were Toronto with Van Fleet. So give them a lot of money and tell them to take the reins and shoot when they can't shoot. And let's and see how it works out. Let's draft a couple of guys who really can't shoot all that great. Let's do that too. Well, <laughs> yeah, they doubled down. Yeah, they said, okay, watch this. Watch you think this. the game is about putting the ball in the basket? We're going to show you something different. <laughs> I think they're they are going to be scoring challenged at times. I think I think they're they're really going to have some some struggles there with with guys scoring baskets. But they do have. Hey, listen, Alpi is looking great. Alpi is looking great. I I don't know. I I I do think I think that uh, uh, Ime does know about Alpi. Well, while the Astros organization, well, the Rockets organization was not all that thrilled because of Alpi's defense and his deficiencies defensively. I think they're going to, you know, all of a sudden it's going to be like, wow, we we really do. And with in Ime, Ime recognizes it, and he's going to have to have, he's going to Alpi's going to have to play a much bigger role this year, and and I think he will. I think he will. And so I think I think I think they'll be fine, you know. And Jalen's got to take a big step. Uh, you know the 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 rooks have got to, and we'll see if Cam can actually shoot because he he showed some signs of being able to shoot in Las Vegas. So you know, uh, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to be better. Certainly, the scores are, the score is going to be lower. They're going to play harder defensively, and you know, I think, but they are going to struggle at times scoring points. That, I mean, that, I, sure. I don't think they're not going to be fine. I just. You know, I, I I worry a little bit about that signing because it looks like you've got some players on the roster. Like Dylan Brooks has to very specific. I don't care as much about what he does offensively. He has to be great defensively. It's what he has to do, and he has to be a good teammate. I think more than I think the along with the defense and rebounding, and I think come I think being a great teammate and not someone who's disruptive to what they're trying to build. I think that is incredibly important for anybody who's in that locker room. Uh, Udoka's trying to build something, so that is 
making sure that he keeps that personality flowing in a positive direction that helps the team is very, very important as well. That's the that's the intangible I'm I'm keeping an eye on. He's already I mean, know he can't shoot. That's not new. No. And again, I mean the email wanted to build this team tougher and they got tougher. So so the, you know what? That's just that's just the start. And then don't forget you got the um the uh, team option on Van Van Vliet's, you know, if he's if you got to get a guy who can shoot better from the point guard position, then you go out and do that, and you only got a couple of years uh, on that contract. So there's there's you know we'll see we'll see. The four years, eighty million was a little surprising. There's no question. I think it surprised a lot of people in the league that 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 uh, that Dylan Brooks got four. It should have surprised them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 713-780-3776 if you want to get in here. Bill Brown is joining us on the other side right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So let's take a break, and we'll talk with the Astros Hall of Famer, Bill Brown, right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the best sports radio station in Houston. I've got to prove that I'm the best, and I'm racing no matter what you tell me. Houston is all systems go! We love our in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John and Granato and Lance Zerline. Well, you just heard that promo for Todd Callis, who joins the wheelhouse every Friday. For you younger listeners, you may not know the guy he succeeded. He, in 2011, he was un- inducted into the Media Wall of Honor at Minute Maid. He was Texas Sportscaster of the Year in 2013. He's won the Fred Hartman Award. And now, this weekend, he's going into the Astros Hall of Fame. Old friend of the show, Bill Brown, joining us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Bill, welcome in. How are you? Thank you, guys. Uh, this takes us way back. In fact, John, you and I go way back to the Channel 51 era. Mm-hmm. We sure do. That was a lot of fun. We had a we had a great time. It was great working with you. Consummate pro. It doesn't get any better. You and Deshays, I thought, were uh, a great, great team, uh, Bill. You, uh, how much you missed that? Deshays left. He went to the Cubs, and you decided in 2016 that you were you were going to be done too. Um, you still watching? You still you, you you miss it to this day? You know, I've watched more this year. And I really like the speed up rules. I think it's great for the fans. I do too. I I just I I wasn't sure I would love it, but I really do. I really like the fact that it's action, action, action. I do think that you know once we get into the postseason, I don't know if it'll have any impact on me because the the pressure of every pitch. I kind of savor that. I savor the fact that I, it's never bothered me that Astros games have gone four hours in the postseason. Um, but it's not really about just me. It's it's about keeping more of the masses entertained. So I certainly um, I like it. And Bill, aren't you as someone who's a long term a long time veteran uh, of the sport? I think it's great to see baseball being very aggressive at this juncture, understanding that they're in a fork in the road in terms of you know moving forward and progressing with the sport. Very good point. And Lance, I agree with what you said. Um, I, I think in the playoffs, they could relax the timing of it. I think I was halfway expecting the commissioner to come out at the all-star break and say, Hey, things have gone so well. We're going to make it 20 seconds now. 
uh, between pitches all the time, even with nobody on base. I think they could do that. It wouldn't add that much to the game. But but certainly for the playoffs, I think they can relax it. I agree with you. I think there's more drama anyway in the games, and the fans do get caught up with that, and they don't need those extra seconds uh, being shaved off between pitches. Bill Brown being inducted into the Houston Astros Hall of Fame. How do you feel about that going into this weekend? Tell us about your your, your thoughts on that. Well, as you guys know, um, for for people who do what we do, that's <laughs> you know it's overwhelming because you don't consider yourself to be in that club, so to speak. Um, but it is uh, purely such an honor, and um, our whole family came in from out of state, so we're we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> you you got to give you got to give your you got your speech ready. Yeah, uh, but we don't really speak in the stadium, as you know. Um, that I remember, <laughs> I think it was the Bagwell uh, uniform retirement, and we had several people who spoke before the game, and we ran over, and the game was about 12 or 15 minutes late in starting. And since that time, nobody has ever spoken on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baseball doesn't like that. Baseball ain't going for late starts on games. No, uh, no. I think MLB may have slapped a little fine on the on the good old home club for that one. But you know, I understand. Hey, everybody's advertised this the time the game starts. All the broadcasts are geared for that, and I get it. Bill Brown with us here on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. If if I say your favorite call that you ever made for the Houston Astros, what would it be? You know, I, I, I didn't get to do a postseason, as you know, on TV. Fox comes in or whatever network and takes over. So that that uh, really disqualifies a lot of great moments. Uh, so I think, you know, I don't remember anything being that great from the final days of the 99 regular season, 04 and 05, when the Astros had to win all those games to, to get into playoffs. So as far as the importance of the game, I thought, you know, those those games were big. Um, it probably comes down to Craig Biggio's 3,000 hit because of just the moment for the franchise. You know, that, you know, I would say Mike Fires' no-hitter would be one of them, but we don't really celebrate that anymore, do we? Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 That's <laughs> changed, changed a great deal. You know, I, I have to wonder, uh, Brownie, because you, you, you shut it down in six, after 16, and so obviously – a lot of the the big winning took place in in seventeen and beyond. Uh, well, that's when primarily it's taken place. Do you, do, does it ever make you? Did you feel a? I don't know if emptiness is the right word. Sometimes I look at Jeff Bagwell and I wonder: Does Baggy? Does he really? Was he drawn back to the Astros because he felt like that was some unfinished business that he was watching the Astros win at this level that he wasn't able to and he wanted to be a a part of it is there was there ever a draw when you were watching the Astros succeed at a level that you hadn't seen previous Astros succeed at I loved it I loved it as um, a guy who was in the organization and I just thought it was great for the organization I realized when I decided to step away this could potentially happen uh, and I was fine with that and and it's been great it's been fantastic as a fan to follow it so no I you know honestly you know, you, you need to consider a decision like that pretty carefully and understand there are some things I can't think of here that might happen, but, yeah, that's one of them, that they could win it all, and so be it. 
and I'm, I'm just really glad it happened. Now, people have asked me, why didn't you do this 10 years earlier? So we could have won more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you, I, I, a game that sticks out of my head that, that you would have called, um, you know, we see, we see guys like Shohei Atani doing what he does and Jordan and now Dela De Cruz from the Reds. I mean, some unbelievable talents. The greatest game that I ever watched individually, I think, might have been Kerry Woods' 20-strikeout game against the Astros. It was the most dominant pitching performance I think I've ever seen, and that includes some really great Pedro Martinez games and, you know, Greg Maddox. But but can you take us back to that game when, when you knew that basically there was no chance the Astros could possibly beat Kerry Wood on that day? Yeah, in fact, uh, there was a production company that came around Houston to visit several of us who were involved, uh, oh, I don't know, two, three years ago, and I thought there was going to be a, a series on ESPN. That's what they were shooting for of all the 20 strikeout games in history, but I agree with you, Lance. And, um, you know, we, we had that perfect game pitched against us in San Francisco by Mac Kane, but the the Wood game was, was stronger than the Kane game. I remember the, the, one of the outfielders made a great running catch um, in San Francisco on Kane's perfect game, but, but no, no catch was needed when you're striking out 20. And, uh, that was just, you know, you hate to lose. You don't go into it wanting that to happen, but when you get a game that good pitched against you, you're rooting for the guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. That it's was a just, Channel 51 game. Historic, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's historic, and, and we all love to see history made. <laughs> that, that was a Channel 51 game, and I had to do the post game, and out, that's all we that's all we do, just throw, show those strong. It was, it was, Derek Bell looked, I mean, like he did, he wanted no part. I think he was the last striker. He was the last guy, and oh, he yeah. wanted no part barely, of it. Barely, <laughs> barely rolled his bat yeah. at the pitch. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was missing pitches by a foot and a half. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah, Bill Brown with us here on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. You can't, you know, you don't want to, you know, uh, you, you can't pick a, a one child over another. But some of your favorite players that were Astros while you were doing the broadcast, you guys spent so much time together on planes, traveling together, eating, you know, all the stuff that you guys did together. Are there a few guys that stand out for you over your years with the Astros? Great question. Uh, one of them's coming into town tonight for this weekend, Billy Doran. Um, he was just the epitome of everything I wanted to see in a baseball player. He could do everything. He was humble. He uh, you know, had that back injury that caused him to uh, leave his career a little bit earlier than I'm sure he wanted to. And I'm, I'm convinced it was from all those years of uh, pounding on artificial turf, you know, just, just, diving for balls and that's that's what he did but uh i mean you, you know when you sit back when everything is said and done you watch these guys on tv you think, man they are subjecting their bodies to an enormous amount of pain later on in life and um you, you i think you have to gain an appreciation for that no it's not football but still um it's a, it's a daily challenge for the body to play baseball and as much torque as these guys have. So to answer your question, uh, of course, of course, Baggy and Biz and, and, you know, guys like Brad Osmus and I love Terry Poole and Craig Reynolds. So I'm going back further, but, but all these names are, you know, the, the one thing I'm going to say, uh, John, they have a little press conference where we can thank people and say a few things. And, uh, 
I'm just going to use this quote from Tug McGraw that you might remember seeing, uh, 1980 NLCS and how great that was. And the Phillies beat the Astros and, and went on to the World Series and won that. But, uh, somebody asked him after the NLCS what he thought of the series. He said, well, it was kind of like riding through an art museum on a motorcycle. You know, all these great images are flying by you and you just don't have any time to take it all in. And that, I think you guys, you know, you, you may feel that way when you get to the end of your careers too, that there's just so much there that you really kind of missed. Yep. <laughs> That's true. You yep. didn't, didn't have a whole lot of time to reflect on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. And that's why, you know, when you get to that point, you tell people who are younger than you, hey, make sure you're taking all this in and that you're appreciating all this. As a lifelong Astros fan, you know, I went through <clears> – <throat> From the 75, my first game was Negro versus Tom Seaver. My dad took me to, and I remember, I, I remember vividly watching a, uh, a game in 91 when Jeff Bagwell was on the team, I think, as a rookie. And, and you had, that was, I think, it, but that was the big game, I guess, when we had, we had just added, uh, the two pitchers in free agency, uh, oh, from Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pettit, Pettit and Clemens. Yeah. 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 No, 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 not Pettit no, and Clemens. No, 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 no Drabeck and Drabeck. Drabeck and, and Swindell. Uh, yeah. Drabeck and Swindell. And there have been all these different, I guess eras of Astros baseball that change. You get to one area, then then another era, and then another era. Um, what was what was an, was there an era that maybe wasn't you know as good as the others that you really appreciated? A team was really coming up, and 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 you you got excited about what was to come for you as a broadcaster. Yeah, I think it would have been when Durker took over in '97, uh, and you know. Of course, in 94, they had, they had a great team, but Bagwell got hurt right before the strike. So we don't know what that team would have done in the playoffs, but I think it would have been a really good team. And then, um, 97, Durker started managing and ran off the string of four playoff appearances in five years. And, and I, I really thought 98, that when they traded for Randy Johnson, that was going to be the year mm-hmm. they would finally make it to the World Series. That was an electric stretch there. And so, you know, that, that era, was really enjoyable for me because team hadn't been to the playoffs since 86 and then finally squeaked in in 97 and then got better after that. So that, that was a great little era. I thought, yep, that was, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. And the closer was Billy Wagner at, at he's really close and probably gets into the hall of fame next year. Yes. Did you feel like Billy was a hall of famer while you were broadcasting? I did. I did. And I don't see what's taken so long. You know, doggone voters who micromanage, you know, and they look at closers and, well, I used to pitch three innings. And, well, don't compare him to that. Compare him to the closers of his era when they pitched one inning and he was dominant. (laughs) And he's every reason to be in there. Every reason. Yeah. Hopefully he gets in next year. Well, you're getting into the Hall of Fame this weekend. And the family's there. That is just great stuff. Bill, you certainly deserve it. You were, like I said, the consummate pro and just great at what you do, what you did. Jim, Deshaies, you and Jim were great. Deshaies, how many times did he crack you up during the broadcast? Oh, every night, every night. And people used to say, well, you know, we kind of root for a game to be one-sided because that's when he gets funny. And, you know, you guys do this. You work together so well. Um you kind of know what your partner's going to say, but then he'll surprise you. And it, it, and that's the beauty of doing what we do, the live 
uh, quality of being on the air, and there's just nothing like it. Uh, but he would he would do that, and he had a switch that somehow went off in his brain that told him, "Hey, people are going to be leaving us in droves. This game is ten to three now, so we're not going to do the game anymore. We're going to do Seinfeld stuff or whatever he came up with, you know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it was yeah lance surprises me with some of the stuff he says every day every day it's like that john su- john it's a weird surprising but and yet not surprising <laughs> some of the things that he says I'm like yeah that's john no but i do want to thank you because uh you know as many of us who grew up with the astros and i and i appreciate this because i've heard from people who said why well, I grew up listening to, you know, I was in high school and I'd drive to work uh, or drive to school and my, my dad or mom would drive me to school and they're listening. I'd listen to you and John and now I listen and now I just had a kid. I mean, I don't take that stuff lightly and I hope you don't either. And I'm sure you understand that too, Bill. You've been a big part of our lives here uh, for Houstonians, people who have lived here. You were a big part of, you know, the formative years of sports. So hopefully you appreciate that because we certainly appreciated the work you did. Well, thank you. And I, well, you know, one thing I want to do is, uh, you know, when I get a chance, uh, tomorrow is thank, just thank the fans for, you know, and you guys, you, you've alluded to it already for, for listening to us, for allowing us into your homes at dinner time, that kind of thing, because that means the world to us. And it really means our jobs to us. <laughs> so that's how much we appreciate that. That's great. That is good stuff. Bill Brown. Uh, very well-deserved Hall of Fame induction this weekend uh, for your Houston Astros. Great stuff. Brownie, thanks as always. We really appreciate you. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you, John and Lance. Have a great weekend. All thanks, right. There's Bill Brown right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Time for me to talk about Chastain Ford. Time for me to talk about – I'm telling you guys, you, you, you have got to check out what's going on over on the lot. I mean, it is – unbelievable the the amount of cars new and used transits for those of you that are looking for work trucks right now the transit is just the best vehicle you can possibly get and chastang ford customizes it to exactly what you need the number one commercial dealer in the city of houston for ford and there's a reason for it is because businesses trust them they know what they're going to get from chastang ford they know that they're going to get a, the best deal that they can, and they're going to get it customized, and they're going to get the service that they want. And speaking of service, if you're if you've got a fleet of vehicles at your business and you're, they're broken down and you can't get you, you need them fixed, well, they've got a, the Chastang Ford Fleet Mobile Service. They'll come to your business and fix them right there. So this is if you're a business or you're just looking for their Ford car or truck, they do the same thing on the retail side that they do on the business side. You're looking for that best Ford deal that you can get in the city of Houston with no add-ons, no markups, the square deal that you're going to get every single time with the best service. It's at ChastangFord.com on 610 at Homestead, not Hempstead, five minutes from downtown, Chastang Ford. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of the Norwegian Blue. A remarkable bird, the Norwegian Blue, in it? Beautiful plumage. That's dope. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. DJ Bienname is going to be joining us at the top of the hour. 
Brought to you by Houston Powder Coaters and by the Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. So we will do that uh, at the top of the hour. So we got a, a quick segment here. Great to have Brownie on there, reminiscing a little. He's so humble. I mean, that guy was always just a, the best, and he just it's hard for, it's hard for him to say you know to brag in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I can tell you, he's just the best guy. Always positive. Always in a good mood. Always, he was just uh, re- really great guy. Great guy, and it's great to see that he there. He's going to be honored, and he'll be immortalized in the Hall of Fame. That's great stuff. So, thanks to him for coming on. Uh, good stuff. Our Astros lose yesterday. They take two out of three from the Orioles. They got to Bautista again. I mean, listen, it, it's no small feat what they did against Bautista. Bautista is going to if they face the Orioles in the postseason. Bautista's going to come in there with some doubt. Did you see some of the pitches he, he threw against the Astros? One of them got, they got halfway to home plate the other night, and then yesterday so he was wild again. He was shaken. Well, the Astros, <clears throat> apparently Eduardo Perez said he was tipping his pitches. Astros got him. Um, well, I'll find well, this. Well, you can, you can tip your 101-mile hour fastball all you want when he comes with that sinker at night well that's when he said he knew here i'll find it for you someone was listening to him oh this morning on xm radio eduardo perez said batista was tipping and the astros had it he knew but perez knew he was tipping when jake meyer spit on a slider before popping out to the catcher. He wasn't accusing the Astros of anything because he saw it too. Um, there, Wait a minute. This, so you're talking about CNL Perez or are you talking about? No, he's talking about, he's talking about, oh, uh, oh. Bautista. When you, when you, baseball players understand there are certain pitches that you should not be able to deal with. Mm. And when you deal with them, there's something up. And he basically thinks, listen, it doesn't, and if he saw the tipping, if he saw what it was, he's certainly not going to say it out loud. But if he saw what the tipping was, it would make sense because the Astros really, you know, did a great job against him over the two times they saw him. Whether they, whether they pick, that's your job is to try to pick up tells and tip pitches and try to take advantage of it. But you still have to hit a really talented pitcher. But if you do have an idea about, a pitch that's coming that's not a fastball, it does allow you to sit on that because you can't sit on – if a guy throws 100, you can't sit on off-speed pitches. It's it's a total guess, and you have to guess based on the you know, on the count, and it has to be a favorable count because if you're not looking fastball and it's fastball, you have zero chance when it's coming 100 to 101 miles an hour. You know, and I always ask – I ask Bagwell about that all the time, and I say, well, how come um, – oh, God, Trevor um, from the, the Padres. Uh, yeah, Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. I was like, how come? He's, you know that changeup's coming. Why don't you hit it? You have to sit on the fastball because if, otherwise he can sneak that right by you. Sneak it by you. Bautista's throwing 101. So if, Hoffman, if wasn't not, even, Hoffman wasn't even hitting no, 90 back then. No, no. And, and yet he was almost impossible to hit because of that changeup. And when Bautista changes it up to a 90-mile-an-hour sinker from 101, you got with you got movement on the ball and it's coming ten miles an hour slower. It, it seems like it's impossible. It's impossible, and yet the Astros got to him. So they, so Eduardo thinks they were they, that he was tipping because he saw it too. Yeah, he thinks he, he thinks he was uh, tipping, and mm. and if he did, if you picked that up, great. 
I mean that you know I don't care what it takes, whatever it takes to ruin a, a closer. But that is it's extremely rare for for Bautista to have problems against anybody, and he had problems twice. The Astros almost got him twice. I was just thinking they they can't do it. This cannot be a second time. And then when Jake, I mean when uh when when uh, Tucker gets up to the bat, I'm like, oh my god, let Tucker do it twice. Oh, if he did let him again. do it twice. Well, he walked, and then Yiner got the head. Unfortunately, it goes off the glove of your Urias, and and you only score what one a run. game by Diaz. A home run, a base hit late, and he threw three runners out yesterday? Yeah. Wow. And the broadcast said he has the fastest pop time in the game, which is... You know, from the from the time it's out to to second base, it's the fastest. He is the fastest, the best arm right now in Major League Baseball, and for certain he'll be sitting tonight. Um, oh, you know who else sat yesterday? It was Jose of three Abreu. caught stealings, a home run, <laughs> and a base hit in the ninth to to, to almost tied helping the game. your team come back. Uh, we're not going to talk about it, but we now do he know he's sit probably over. sitting. Yeah, no, he's sitting. Um, well, here's the deal: is he could be DH in the Astros. Could be DH, back. yeah, yeah, because Jordan can go back out to left field because of the short porch there, and you could DH Yiner because, and then play Singleton at first because Abreu apparently has a bad back, and he didn't get the start yesterday, and McCormick had to be scratched as well with a bum knee. That's something that's been bothering him. So he was scratched yesterday as well. The Dubon had to come in and uh, and take his place late because McCormick was in the lineup to begin with, and then and then he wasn't. So uh, so the Astros are dealing with some of that. You can't lose Jose Abreu from any amount of time. He's got to get back out there. He's just got to get back out there. Otherwise, I don't know where you're going to be without Jose Abreu. Time for me to talk right now about Houston Powder Coaters. Houston Powder Coaters is, uh, is sponsoring DJ BNMA, who is up next right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. But Houston Powder Coaters is awesome. Houston Powder Coaters is just, it, it's fantastic what they do. They have been doing this in the city. These people, 20 years of business experience, their five-star customer service, great Google reviews, very hands-on. You're going to hear, you'll probably talk to Robin along the way. She's unbelievable. She's great. They will... Pick up and deliver whatever it is, if you, whatever furniture or whatever. If they can't pick it up, if you're a business and they can't come and pick, they can't come and pick up your fe- your your gate or your fence or or whatever it is that you the the big Ferris wheel downtown. They couldn't come and pick it up and bring it to Houston Powder Coaters, so they did the job right there. So if you have a business and you need Houston Powder Coaters, they will come to your business as well. But for everybody else, uh, you, you've got car parts or you've got boat parts or you've got uh, patio furniture that you need. Coated. Uh, Houston Powder Coaters is here for you. They're unbelievable. They're great. They're wonderful. You will love it. Free pickup and delivery. Doesn't matter where you are. If you can hear us, you can get the service from Houston Powder Coaters. HoustonPowderCoaters.com, 281-676-3888, HoustonPowderCoaters.com. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. The worm is the spice. The spice is the worm. 